Hello and welcome to season 2 of Content Kettle. As promised, we are back with more conversations on e-commerce marketing and growth. This time, we will co-host the podcast to bring you the best tips from brands across industries and e-commerce experts. So, let's get started. Hi Ashri, welcome to Content Kettle. Hi Sohail, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. So, for those who haven't met Ashri Jaiswal before she is the founder of Zinyosa a brand that's trying to change how Indians shop uh, by curating luxury handbags for both men and women that's that's not all they make it available at an affordable price as well that's pretty much i know about her and her brand but i would love to know more about it from you Thank you thank you so well for the introduction so just to give you a little bit insight about who we are I'm Ashri I'm one of the co-founders of Zinyosa I have another co-founder Varun we are a fashion tech platform that allows people to rent or buy any pre-loved fashion luxury products that they wish to they can also sell anything that they're not using anymore right so we do this for men for women we have over 10 product categories now we've also launched a kit section so essentially uh, you know you can get anything under zinyosa's roof if you want any any luxury product that's pre-loved you can get it there if you feel pre-loved is a little bit out of reach for you you can also rent these products from us for 2 5 7 or 10 days uh, but our primary and the fastest growing business model that we are seeing right now is our pre-loved business model which is which is giving us so much confidence in uh, helping build sustainable and circular economy especially in the fashion segment in india so we launched this in about 2018 2019 back then we were only a rental service uh, but with lockdown we realized that you know there are so many people who were sitting at home and cleaning their closets and we saw an opportunity there so we reached out to them and we said hey uh, we know that you're clearing your closets would you mind listing any of these products on our platform for other people to buy and we saw that even in the middle of a lockdown when no logistic services were working we found a business idea which seemed to work because we allowed people to virtually list their products and uh, allowed other people to sort of order these pre-loved products from our platform and as soon as the logistics uh, services started for non-essential companies we started dispatching these orders so this is how uh, you know our second hand model which now seems to be a fastest growing model started during covid that's pretty interesting so i believe this yeah. whole model is based out on trust right the person who is selling their product needs to trust you and you also need to trust your customers so how did you go about it and what are some of the things that you feel is the core if you are starting something like this that's a very important point that you've brought out is this entire model works only on trust um you know we initially when we launched we were just letting people list virtually as i said that you know we list the product they send us the pictures once the sale happens uh, we get it picked up from them but as we started scaling up we realized that this is not really working because a lot of these people that we trusted actually decided to back out when a sale happened right and we unfortunately had to cancel some uh, sales and that was a great learning curve for us is that's when we understood that this entire model is based on trust so now the model works in such a way where we mutually trust each other uh, we talk to each each consignee which is a seller who lists on our platform we tell them that you know all their products are going to be kept very safely securely in our humidity and weather controlled warehouse in mangalore uh, once it's sold we ship it to the customers now how we build a trust with our customers is that we guarantee authenticity each product that we list on our website goes through a very very strict 
authentication check by our in-house experts and our experts that we have partnered up in the US. If any product is not authentic, we charge a 5,000 rupee fine, which is a counterfeit fine. And uh, we also blacklist their seller, that particular seller from our service. So as you correctly pointed out, these are some of the steps that we take so that we build trust with our customers. And also in terms of having sellers feel more comfortable listing with us, we make sure that they understand who we are. We talk to them. Our team talks to each seller personally and make sure they understand that the product is going to be kept very securely and in a safe environment. Got it. So when you started out, this you mentioned, right? Uh, initially, you had a sale coming in, but the seller backed out. Right. right. Yeah. Right. So in that case, you might as well saw that, you know, you should also have your inventory in-house and then list it to make sale. So initially, when you had to buy these products from them, how did you go about it? Are you a bootstrapped company or did you raise funding? How How did that go? So Sohail, when I say we keep their inventory with us, we do not buy anything. We are an inventory free company and that's how we like to be. We just tell our sellers that, you know, their products is going to be with us on a consignment basis. What that means is we keep it with us for three months. Once it's sold, we pay them. Because we work on a very, very heavy data modeling approach as well, where we identify which of these products have a very high chance of sale. So we price them accordingly. But even that being said, we try to be as inventory free as we possibly can because we don't want overheads on our hands, right? So we keep all these products with us for about three months. We try our best that each product that a seller lists with Zinosa gets sold. Uh, and that's where our data comes into play because, you know, we understand that if this is a particular kind of a bag, particular kind of a shoe from this particular brand, say, from two collections prior, this is the price it should be sold for. So we have a very heavy data gathering process in the background running for us that enables each product that is listed to be sold. Got so it. that being said, yes, we're a bootstrap company. We've been very lean from the day we started Zinosa, and that's taught us a lot of things. And I think that's exactly why we were able to be so creative with this idea that, hey, let's not buy anything up front. Let's just keep it with us for, 30, uh, for three months or 90 days. And if it gets sold, we are going to pay the seller. Got it. So when it comes to renting, right, the customers, when they rent it out, what is some sort of assurity that you have from them that they'll be giving the products back in safe and secure way? How did you go about dealing the challenges over there? Interesting. So before we launched our rental segment, which is how we started Sinyosa, you know, we had so many of these questions that were thrown to us by our mentors, by the people we were surrounded with taking advice. Just me and Varun as founders also were very, very skeptical about how people are going to react and, you know, when we send out products. But believe me, we've been so pleasantly surprised by, by our consumers in India in the last three to four years, we've barely had two cases where the products were not sent back to us. And I think that is that is an amazing number. And I should give credit to all our customers out there. But even to get to that, oh, there are some steps that we follow. Firstly, we make sure that we take security deposit from any customer that wants to rent from us. This just enables you know, trust between the customer and between Zinosa. And if there is any damage, stain, or theft, then we do not give the security deposit back. Once the order is placed and the security deposit is given to Zinosa, we then do a KYC as well. So our team reaches out to the customer who wants to rent from us, and then we just take certain details to a quick KYC. If we see a red flag, then we sort of you know, don't go ahead with it. And I think that's the reason we've been so successful in making sure that not a lot of damages or thefts happen. But again, I would 
would like to give a lot of credit to our customers here that uh, we were so scared about this. Everyone we were uh, talking to and even on our internal meetings before we launched, right, we were trying to uh, really use technology and, you know, increase our numbers for product. But we were like, OK, let's just start and see how where it goes. Now we do have a lot of processes in place, but it's not as bad as there are certain pin codes or geographical locations where uh, we try to be a little bit more careful because, you know, again, we're a very data driven company. So we try to make sure that when we're sending out to certain places or if it's a COD order, then we try to just call them and make sure that things are the KYC process is set in place. But otherwise, it's been uh, fairly smooth for us. That's great to know. So when it comes to marketing your product, you know, what are some of the strategies you took to cut through the noise? So when we started out back in 2019, we were trying a lot of marketing strategies and we were new to the business, right? And this is three years ago. And three years ago, people were not so aware about renting secondhand, circular fashion, sustainable fashion. So we had to take a lot of different marketing approaches, which involved a lot of educating the consumers, right? Where we were telling them that it is absolutely normal to rent. Uh, we had a lot of people who wouldn't talk to their friends about us because, you know, in the fear that their friends or their close community will find out that they have rented or bought something pre-owned. But in the last three years, even the our marketing strategy has changed because the consumer mindset has changed. Now, if you see Gen Zs and millennials are so open about the fact that they thrifted a product, they bought it secondhand. There is so much pride and joy. I'm getting called uh, personally from my close connects and some of the initial customers that I personally was in touch with saying that, hey, I recommended your uh, company's name to 10 more people I know. And that is so refreshing. But one thing that we have identified in the marketing process for a brand like ours is that education is extremely important. So we rely a lot on content. We rely a lot on going live on Instagram, talking to our consumers about it. When it comes to even influencers that we work with, right, we make sure that we do collabs in such a way where every collaboration that we do or every marketing strategy that we have has one top of the funnel, which is just educating people about it. Once there's education, I think that's when we start building the trust and then eventually the customer goes on and buys from us or sells from us. But I think number one priority in a business like ours is education. Got it. Yeah, makes sense because the way how people have been dealing with things and, you know, there's this whole trend of minimalism and all that happening right now, you know, people want to rent out things, not pay a huge chunk of amount on something that they'll be using just for a wedding or something. And that's not just with the clothing and also, you know, when it comes to your Zoom car or maybe bikes, whatsoever, people kind of feel now, you know, there's so much happening. So, yeah, when I was scrolling through your Instagram page, most of the content was very catchy and, you know, filled with a lot of visuals and all of stuff. If you could give me a breakdown of how you go about, you know, strategizing your whole Instagram marketing, it would be really helpful. Yes, absolutely. You know, and that also comes from a lot of data gathering again, as I as I mentioned from the last three years is because when if you go down our Instagram feed, you will see we were very different. We were relying on just product based static shots. You know, we thought that if we just show the product, we will be able to convert our consumers. But, but as time progressed, we realized that we as a 
as a company, as a business model, work on trust, as you rightly pointed out, and education. So now if you see the content is planned around these two factors, because we know that we are a second hand or a pre-loved company, people would want to see the product, get the get a feel of the product visually, apart from what's mentioned on the website. And also we're trying to make them aware about the price that they will be saving, right? About the fact how old this product is, how you can style it. Um, so these are some of the very important factors in making sure that our Instagram feed remains the way we do it. So we still haven't outsourced any of our marketing to an agency. We proudly do it in-house. We love doing it uh, because we feel we have the most idea and knowledge about who our target audience is. Varun and I as founders even now make sure that we answer uh, you know, close to 10 to 15 DMs on Instagram every day and some live chat so that we understand as founders what are the frequently asked questions. And those frequently asked questions are then discussed in our marketing meetings. And that's how we plan content that, hey, these are the five top questions that we got this week. Let's answer that in a reel, in the form of content, in the form of content that will be eventually be used for paid marketing. So we take a lot of efforts internally to make sure uh, that our content is very catchy, very engaging. People understand what we do. People see our face. People see the product so that it gives them more confidence to then buy the product. That's great. Because when you are taking an approach where you're taking feedback from the customer, what they feel and how, you know, how it is for them when they buy from you. And that's what is shown in the content. It connects with the audience on a more specific level compared to how it is usually done, right? Because I have seen like when it comes to luxury product, it's all this static images with, you know, glitters and all of it. But when you bring it down to people using it, you know, the way how customers can connect to is is just uh, amazing there. Yeah, because our price is really high, right? If if our average product value was about five hundred rupees or a thousand rupees, we wouldn't have had to do that because you know that's still a risk people easily take. But our price point is twelve to fifteen thousand, which is our average product price point, right? That's when we have a responsibility to make sure we're very clear and open to our consumers who are putting in so much trust in buying a product worth up to two lakhs from our website. Got it. So when it comes to paid ads, how do you go about targeting? your customers when it comes to selling a high ticket product like you know about 50,000 or 1 lakh Correct. That's a very important question. And so, Helen, you know, uh, we gathered a lot of data to make sure who our target audience is. And here's an interesting story that I'd like to speak about a little bit of, uh, while I have the platform is initially when we started out, it was just me and Varun, right? We had both started this company and we were trying to like cold call a lot of our customers to see like why they're not buying from us. And then we came to a point where people were not really interested in talking to us on phone, right? Because like we, we're sort of eating your time from your schedule. So we started started delivering the orders ourselves. That gave us a very good insight about who our TG is. Are they married? Are they living? What kind of pin codes they're living in? Do they? What kind of cars they have? What kind of lifestyles they have? Are they married? Are they not married? Are, are they housewives? Are they working women? You know, what kind of financial backgrounds they come from? And that's how we started gathering our data. Cut to 2022, where this data really helps us right now. And these are the pointers that we take in building our target audience on social media for paid date marketing. And then we make sure these kind of people see our ads the first time because it's very important for us to target the right audience because we cannot be targeting someone who only is willing to, you know, say, for example, pay 
to buy a bag from Zara because they are not our target audience. Uh, we really want to reach out to the right kind of people, aspirational people who have gotten, you know, who have a disposable income of say 20 to 30, 30,000 and they're willing to spend on a luxury product at the same time saving 40 to 50%. So our marketing strategy also has to differ because our buyers are very different from our sellers, right? So we have to take extra efforts to, to reach out to our sellers as well so that we always have inventory and then sort of do more marketing on the other hand for buyers so that these, this inventory gets sold. So a lot of data is involved. As I said, we do it in-house, which really helps us because we sit every month and talk about what we can tweak in the audience in the ads, who we can better show the ads to, which platforms they are on. You know, a lot of people these days only prefer to see ads on uh, Reels, right? So we take a lot of insights into consideration, especially when we do paid ads because we are bootstrapped and each penny really counts. We want to see uh, results on every rupee that we spend. Got it. Considering you are a platform for both buyers as well as sellers, how do you go about creating the content and distributing it equally? What is the percentage? If it's for the sellers, how much percent of content is dedicated to them and what percent is dedicated for the buyers? Because this is a tricky part. Because when a person comes across your brand and sees, okay, I can buy from them. And the very next day, he's seeing another post where, you know, he gets to know he can sell to them as well. So... Keeping that balance and yeah, that's a tricky part. How do you go about dealing with that? So we realize that, you know, this is a challenging part for us because also apart from the fact we don't want the same person to see a buying and a selling ad because the personas are very different, right? As I mentioned, our sellers are slightly over 30 because they have a collection of these luxury bags, right? They're not young people in their early 20s because that's when a lot of people do not have so many bags to part away with. We So our sellers are very different from their buyer, from our buyers and we had to properly segregate that. And initially, you know, as as any founder, uh, our goal was to make sales. So we were just focusing so much on putting money on the buying front. That's when we realized that, no, we cannot do that. So the split is always 50-50. We need to have inventory to be able to cater to the kind of audience that is willing to buy. So right now it's completely 50-50. It's where we put in equal efforts to sort of create that kind of brand awareness uh, for buyers and also that kind of education about how to sell with sellers. Because... uh, Without our sellers, we really cannot have buyers and vice versa. It's a very tricky situation for us, but I feel we have sort of now nailed it to a point where we're able to do this successfully month on month without spending too much on marketing. That's interesting. Yeah. So when it comes to Instagram reels, right? I I saw a lot of reels over there. So few reels are done in-house with your team and others are done with, uh, you know, influencers collaborating with them. Yeah. So how do you go about making a schedule for reels and how do you go about hiring influencers or sending out products and doing the barter system and all of that? How do you go about, you know, maintaining consistency over there? Right. As a marketing professional yourself, you know how difficult it is to constantly come up with content because also the products that we are dealing with right now. So I'll just give you an example. Just yesterday, we got an influx of new arrivals, which our team was able to beautifully shoot content for. But before we could post this on Instagram, the products already got sold. 
so we have a very short window because you know now my team's effort has gone to waste because they spent an entire day shooting some brilliant content which would promote sales of these products we will still be able to post it but now these products are already sold so are and you know we are not like any other business where we have 100 pieces of the same product we just get one so when you post this content people start shooting you with pp queries which is price queries and then we unfortunately have to say it's sold out and then we disappoint customers so we have to be very very you know particular about when we are shooting what we are shooting so again we follow our content is very well thought of and again i'm saying that as a as a broken tape recorder but we use a lot of data that we have when we have an influx of new products we go back and see what has a very high chance of sale and then we start posting a lot of content around it and similarly with influencers we try to sit at the start of every month and plan out our influencers for that month and that content also helps us in creating a lot of brand awareness but our internal content helps us to sort of push them towards making a sale and also educating a lot of people about you know what their pre-loved love product that they're looking to buy actually looks like so influencers we use heavily and their content we use heavily to create a lot of brand awareness because they have a much higher reach uh, we never try to just focus on sale 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 with influencers because you know that is a mistake that we were doing in the past and we've learned from our mistakes is that influencers should be used very nicely just to create awareness about your brand and you you can use your in-house content to sort of just follow up on that brand building that the influencers have gotten you got it all this while it has been working out for you the influencer marketing you know uh, so will uh, you you did send me a list of questions and this was part of your question that you know what is that one thing that's really hype in the whole marketing thing and i wanted to say a very um, you know this answer that influencers have been such a learning curve for us initially we felt that oh, they are so hyped you know we are not seeing any results when we are partnering up with an influencer we spending so much money as a bootstrap company it is you, you know how difficult it is for us to take out that marketing budget because when it is paid ad and performance marketing we know what we want from each penny that we are spending but facebook literally allows you to spend as low as 83 rupee on an ad Uh, which directly tells you what is your ROAS on that 83 rupees that you've spent versus an influencer who might charge like say a lakh plus and you don't know what's happening where so initially we felt that it was really hyped we were not seeing the kind of results that we were hoping to see but i feel that's when we understood that we as a brand need to understand that influencers cannot directly give us immediate sales it just helps in creating brand awareness it just helps in retaining these customers and as you said trust it helps in building trust now if i see open my instagram and see masoom wearing a product from a particular brand i automatically as a consumer start trusting that brand saying that oh if masoom meenawal has worn it then you know there might be something good about it so you need to do influencer activities for retention for credibility and for brand awareness as a brand you need to be aware of that fact because you know we weren't aware of that initially 3 years back when we started and we had we were really tight on our marketing budgets and we were like oh my god we spent 50000 on influence we only got two sales from it but necessarily it will not always because you know as a person just think about it you see a masoom posting about something you will not immediately buy you need to see more ads more content about your product and that's when eventually 
you push the consumer down the funnel and eventually they trust you and make a purchase so now that internally we know that influencers are for brand awareness to create a lot of education about your brand and build trust we are more okay with the fact that you know this is what we use them for so yes uh, to answer your question yes we now feel that influencer marketing strategy is working for us that's also because our tg is always on instagram right they're consuming content for the majority of their day and if they don't see us digitally because you're you're barely seeing brands externally right now you're always on your phone and you are uh, you know you're just seeing brands there so it's very important for a brand to be present digitally as well yeah that's the thing like when i speak to most of the founders right each founder have different perspective on what in influencer marketing and how it's been working out for them for some of them it won't work because as you mentioned right now the metric that the measure the result is sales and you know for it to happen like you know an influencer bringing if she or he makes a post and you know immediately if you are expecting sales it's likely not to happen most of the time so that's how they'll be like no influencer marketing is not working first it's just a overhyped thing and we are we end up spending so much sending out product but it's not working for other customers they'll be like yeah it's working out because you know a customer that might have seen the ad you know a reel or something might not immediately purchase but after a month or two they might consider or you know the brand will be on top of the customer's mind when they think of a particular thing so that's how it's helping us and it's the same for you as well so yeah it's it's different for each brand and you know and you need to you need to be more accepting of that fact because initially we we were as you mentioned one of those brands we were like you know it's really not working i'm not seeing a sale but then eventually with a lot of internal um, discussions and education and me and my team personally started seeing our own habits and we realized that even us as people do not buy from an influencer we trust or we follow immediately it takes us a couple of months we start following that brand and then eventually you know it helps you to retarget those people but uh, so we became okay with that fact that sales will not happen but at least brand awareness will happen and now that's why we like sort of divide our marketing efforts in such a way that you know the, the amount that we spend on influencers is mostly only for brand awareness and we know that and whatever we do on the paid marketing front is what gives us conversions precisely like you know understanding the metric that will bring you result and keeping a tab on that that helps you know else it it, it would be like oh i paid the influencer but there's nothing that came from it but that doesn't happen there's traffic that comes in there, you know there are more right. people follow your instagram page as well so yeah got it yeah on your instagram bio there's this link tree where it gives you know different yeah. platforms to go to how has that helped you like because i have seen most of the brands just using their home page or maybe product your page and all of that but when i scroll yeah. through yours there were many options that were there and why did you use that link and how it has been helping you again a very good observation sohail because uh, you know we used to always put our home page there or our product page there but we offer three different services we let you rent we let you buy we let you sell and we felt that people who were coming for example with an intention to buy and if they were going on the website they were able to find whatever they wanted to buy right but if they were looking to sell they were really getting lost on our product page Uh, even on our homepage because you know as any other homepage it has a lot of information it has pictures it has influencers it has buy rent sell so we were feeling that we were losing our tg because of this uh, we are probably confusing them a little bit so we and again this is just an experiment that we are doing we are yet to compare data to see 
which has been more beneficial for us because we started doing this only a couple of months ago. So now when they click on Linktree, they're just redirected to whatever they want to do. If you're coming to a platform to sell, then you can probably just click on sell. If you're coming to a platform to buy or to rent, then the options are very clear so that you don't have to worry about getting lost in a pool of information on our website because we offer multiple services. If, if we were just a, a regular e-commerce that lets you buy a product, then I think uh, we could have stuck with just like our homepage being on our bio. And again, this is just an experiment we're doing to see what works better for us. Hopefully we'll, we'll get to see results to see like if people, uh, because I know a lot of brands feel that if they put a link tree as opposed to their website, they feel that the consumers or their customers are getting confused. But in our case, there was more confusion because we, we were getting someone who saw a rent ad, but then went to the website on the link and saw that, you know, there's only buying products available. Just to avoid that confusion, we actually started doing this. Got it. Even the text that you put in, you know, different segment that needs to be precise as well, right? Else what happens, people will go to the website and they'll be like, I clicked on the link, but it's going to some other page, you know, not their actual website and they drop off there. So exactly. Important thing. It's very important. People don't have the kind of attention span that we think they do. Like you barely look at the link and you're like, oh, I'm not getting the information I want and I drop out. So it's very important for you to be very, very precise about what you're listing where as you rightly pointed out. Got it. Got it. Perfect. So uh, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to experiment in 2023? One of the things that we are looking to, so we feel that we've gotten comfortable with Facebook's ads manager and performance marketing, especially on Facebook and Instagram. But now we're looking to explore Google as well, because I feel that that is a platform we are not, we are running some ads, but uh, we have not nailed it like we have with the other platforms. So definitely Google is something that we're looking to do along with the new changes that Instagram keeps, uh, you know, throwing at us. And one of the things is, of course, a very real driven content approach, a very audio driven content approach. Uh, we're also looking to do um you know, a lot of educational series. So we do once a month, we try to do a live session with an entrepreneur who's also doing something sustainable. Uh, we recently did it uh, with uh, the founder of Upcycle Lux. Before that, we did it with the Leather Laundry. So we try to keep the interaction going. And we try to, even as founders, we try to come become the face of the brand a lot because i think as you said when people trust us that's when they'll be able to you know take that chance on us and buy from us so we do a lot of these authentication reels talking about the product reels so that is something that that we're looking to do in the coming months is have a very real based approach till the time you know instagram lets us do that and i know right now that's that's all the talk so we're jumping on that trend and doing whatever it takes to uh, run the brand successfully but yes google is something that we're very actively looking to do we also do some sort of marketing on whatsapp on email but that doesn't require too much apart from just scheduling those but yes google is something we're really looking forward to do in terms of what 2023 has in store for us got it so when you started off with doing instagram lives right how was the progress that you had over there initially when you started off how did you go about it and did you just go live and started speaking to your audience or did you go in collaboration with someone initially when you started how did that go that's a very interesting question because you know we were not aware uh, initially about what our strategy should be and as a company one of the things that we do is we never restrict ourselves from trying something new so we were like let's try something new and as i mentioned before we take a very feedback driven approach is we started going live and showcasing our products for live sale and we got great feedback 
you know initially when we were doing live sales our customers then started telling us that hey can you show more of the product can you style it and show it to us can you tell us the price the condition so that feedback actually enabled us to become better and better in our uh, weekly lives as well that we try to do just to showcase products that was part one of what we were trying to do and why we were trying to do live is you know that is something that gives you a notification unlike other things on on instagram right and we were like let's explore this because we want to reach out to everyone who's available and who's following us because that's also as i said paid marketing performance marketing of course gets people to your platform right to your instagram to your website but what do you do to retain them and this was one of the things that we thought we should do to retain these people talking about the other and we thought that our page should be more than just selling trying to sell our product and that's when we came up with the idea to do some educational and interactive live sessions so we started bringing women entrepreneurs and the first time we did that we were going to go live with a fellow friend who's also in the sustainable side of things and there was some technical issue with instagram and we were just not able to do it so it was such a bummer but eventually we understood why those issues were arising what was happening we also understood that you know you can do a test live before you actually go live so feedback driven approach really helped us but uh, we try all sorts of live we do directly talking with the with the customers as well uh, we of course do like bring people in and do a collaborative sort of a live we of course do a showcasing live and then we go back and check the ana- insights and analytics on instagram to see what performed the best that month and then whatever was the best performer we try and do more and more of that in the coming months got it not many of the brands i have seen that comes live and talk to their audience and all of that most of them have I haven't seen them but recently that's that's how it's been working right the more you connect with people the more you show the people behind the brand and you know that's how the trust is built and things move forward from there that's interesting thing as well so yeah if you had to give someone like five marketing tips uh, to get started with an e-commerce brand what would they be i think first thing would just be to just get started I have interacted because I'm part of a lot of communities I'm a mentor for UN women I do some sessions with growth school and all these entrepreneurs men or women just keep asking us that you know we're uh, when should we start what is the right time to start marketing and we don't have money we're bootstrapped and the f- number one and the most important tip is to just get started and I would like to bring this to everyone's attention that you can start an ad for as low as 83 rupees on Facebook what's stopping you you know you will not probably see 1000 people come to your website side with that but you will see 100 and that's good enough that will give you some increase in your sales in your followers in your interaction and then you can progressively make that 83 85 and then 90 and 95 so the first step would be to just get started or uh, do not overthink it the second uh, tip that i'd like to give and this is something very controversial is i prefer to do it in house uh, we've switched it a couple of times with some marketing agencies and i'm not saying don't use a marketing agency but please be heavily involved with the agency that you're using because a lot of times i've seen founders um, or businesses using a marketing agency and then they're just like you know really worried about not seeing the results because as founders you have the insights that the marketing agency does not have so it is technically your responsibility to make sure that the data is then given to them so if you're using the marketing agency please as a founder be very very involved or as a team be very involved make sure that your team is analyzing and giving them the right data because they don't know your audience as well as you do right so that's very important number 3 would be to really you know take a very data driven approach with influencers as well i have seen brands just collaborating with 
the best influencer that there is and then later realizing that it does not work for them it did not work for them because we didn't do our homework well very well right you didn't check who their followers are are they really your target audience you didn't see what kind of content they are talking about how they are making that content you probably need to look at their reel section and see what their reach is so that's also uh, i feel very very important uh, to do that fifth is there is so much to marketing than just online right uh, i feel that people really do not step out and talk about other channels of marketing uh, where is your target audience sitting i think one of the initiatives we took back in the day when we had started is uh, we had limited budget for instagram uh, for paid marketing uh, so we just real, we sat down and sort of uh, you know try to understand where our tg goes and we realize beauty salons are one place that a lot of our tg is visiting right so why why don't we do a partnership with beauty salons and put our discount coupons there this is like 4 years ago when it was just me and varun we physically went to like 50 beauty salons in bangalore and gave them our discount coupon cards so marketing is not just only about doing things digitally but it's also going out of your way and fifth and the most important thing is please please do your research study use data because you might be running an ad or a content but if it doesn't resonate with your audience or if you've not uh, sort of carefully curated it it's not going to give you the kind of results that you're expecting so one tip that you know you can do is every brand posts on instagram almost every other day right uh, one way to just pick content for your ads would be to just pick from what's performed well organically if you've posted a reel and it got like 2000 likes why don't you use that to make an ad rather than you know paying so much for a model shoot and and, and we've done this in the past as where we were shooting content for ads differently and organic content differently but our ad content wasn't giving us as much traction as our organic content was so we were like so we really overcomplicate things so why can't you just use what you have in hand and then run it as an ad and then people are going to resonate with it more these tips way like golden nuggets for anyone who is getting started i would say let's <laughs> get started guys it's it's not as uh, complicated as it sounds precisely okay so as a e-commerce business owner you are sure to have ups and downs you know there will be days where you will see sales coming in you know more than what you expected and there will be days when there are no sales at all how do you keep yourself motivated and how did how do you keep your team also energized when things are rough i would say this is a very very uh, important question that all of us need to understand is not everything gives you results not everything gives you immediate results as well but as you said there are some days that you get a lot of sales and everyone gets really happy and excited and there's you know too much there's good energy in the team and this is something that varun who's the co-founder of sinyosa actually pointed out that you know on good days let's see what is the thing that we were doing right and let's try to replicate that because of course there was something that we did right on you know probably a particular day where we got 20 sales in one day and what were the things that we we did right on that day let's try to replicate that because we get so lost you know during sad days that hey nothing good is happening but we never look at what we did correctly on a very good day so we've very actively started doing that uh, within uh, within the companies where we we really try to replicate our successes and uh, you know also that some days work sometimes it doesn't work but at least it helps us go to the next month and it's also very important for 
uh, founders and brands to understand that there are going to be low days. For example, as a small brand, uh, we did very well in terms of our revenue in October 2022. Uh, but of course, we didn't. We, we we are nowhere close to competing with a Flipkart or an Amazon because they are spending billions, right? And um, it's it's very important for you to understand that and not burn a lot of money in the process because you know during say a festive season you can just be like hey i'm going to spend 10x more but maybe you're still very very lost because you're fighting with a mintra or an amazon that's spending 100x more right so uh, let's understand let's focus more on organic content when these things are happening and as i say this i understand we're very close to black friday and thanksgiving sale right where everyone's going to give uh, but it's okay to sort of sometimes just take a back seat and realize that you cannot directly compete with the big brand so stick to your strong points replicate your successes and use other forms of marketing go live when this is happening right probably like your followers will see uh, a notification and probably uh, Uh, join your page and see what you're doing so very very important to do that and uh, you know just ups and downs are part part of any business so uh, we we try to not get very demotivated by that instead we on those days we just like learn something new got it because most of them get stressed out looking at the competitors or how they are doing it or other big brands when they look at the numbers the number of sales and all of that but they don't look at how much they have spent okay how big is their team and all those things so we need to keep a tab on all those things and then you should be like okay they have put in so much of money they have put in so much of effort that's why they are able to reap so much yeah that's the mistake most of them do probably right because i know during uh, when october happened we were doing some influencer collaborations and the same influencers were doing like 10 more collaborations that day so then we later realized we were like oops we made a mistake we should have probably done this like you know after the peak of that like the week during diwali and karwa chauth is where everyone was posting all the time we immediately took some steps and we were like you know we started pushing the collaborate there's like um, go live dates because we didn't want to get lost in that crowd because when everyone's posting 20 stories and like five reels a day your people were that time also po- posting personal content right so your paid content sort of gets lost in that process so identify that understand that and then take a back seat and probably spend when no one else is spending as much got it yeah all right ashri that's pretty much what i wanted to ask you today i'm sure you know Thank the you. listeners who are listening to this episode would find this conversation insightful and was great exploring your approach to marketing thank you for taking thank out your you, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity uh, we are very passionate at zenios about what we do and we are even more passionate about how we market our products so it was a great pleasure to be able to share found this episode insightful follow us on spotify to listen to more of such conversations every week